Close your eyes, leave all your troubles behind. Yes, it's fine. Come kick it with me in my imagination. In my imagination. Well, sometimes my mind plays these tricks on me. Sometimes, and I'll find that my mind climbs higher than it should climb. My imagination, I'm contemplating, hesitating on exploitation. My mind, which you find. Welcome to episode 22 of Eat, Sleep, Run, Repeat, the running podcast for the average runner by average runners. Um, big show this week, pretty massive weekend, to be fair. Yeah, Nathan completed his um, Brisbane Trail Ultra event, and there was. Um, you know, plenty of ups and downs throughout, but we'll get we'll get through that later on. Um, we might have a full house if Wax jumps on, but at the moment it's uh, myself, Woolly, Fraser Barden, Mr. Yep. Steve Sparling, yeah. and Nathan Barden. So I guess I'll just, um, I haven't done much. I'm still recovering from the Gold Coast Marathon, so I'll just sort of talk about what I've done this week. I'll just, I think... Monday, Tuesday, I didn't do anything. I was still struggling to walk. And then Wednesday, I did a 5K jog. And um, and then I've sort of just been jogging every day since. And then on Saturday morning, I went to Redcliffe Park Run with Wax. We met up there at like 5.30 and we run 12K. And then we did the park run on the end of it, just yeah. more as a training session for Wax's Jetty to Jetty race, which is this yeah. Sunday coming. And um, yeah, today I just had a rest because I was still buggered <laughs> from yesterday and from the from crewing Nathan's ultra all day. Yeah, a long day. Yeah, huge day. What about you, Fraze? You've been sick. Yeah, I've been sick this week. Um, probably come. I, I did a run. I went, went to the gym and did a run at the gym on Monday and then from about Tuesday onwards just felt sick, like bad cold or flu or whatever um yeah and then i've only really just gotten over that but i've been to the gym today like earlier went to the gym yesterday between catching nathan at the different checkpoints but yeah i'm sort of a bit over it now so um hopefully next week back to normal yeah we were chatting in the car like we sort of hung out all day because we were crewing nathan we were sort of saying you, you just got to lock in for a challenge haven't you yeah, just yeah. something to get you motivated again. Something to aim for. Get some training done. Plenty of races coming up. Should yeah. pick something off the off the list and go for it. What about you, Steve Sparling? You've been um, you're in pretty good shape. You're probably the fittest yeah. you've ever been. Let's be fair. With your so. Guzzler event coming up in a couple of weeks' time. I think so. I felt. Even though I've been awake for a long time today, I felt pretty good, I get considering. Um, I haven't done too many runs this week. The bulk of it was Nathan's run, but the plan that the day planned out a little bit different to what I thought it was going to be. But in the end, I didn't have that many Ks in my legs this week, so I thought I'd just go with it. I would have went further, but um, the marshals wouldn't let me go back further because I didn't have the mandatory gear as such from checkpoint five. So it would have just been too far, I think, on what I had in my bag. So I, I think it was probably the best plan worked out the way it did to do what I did on the night. But yeah, my week sort of started out with a um, 
an 8K run on Monday. Um, basically, it was just a treadmill because after last Sunday's 30K out at South Boundary Road with my mate, um, we did like 1,100 metres elevation. So Monday, I just did 8K treadmill just to turn the legs over. I've been doing that on Mondays because I think the treadmill, as Frey said, is a lot of suspension and you don't get the joint issues from that. So there's a lot of impact doesn't doesn't hurt your your legs the same as impacting on the road so it's a, it's a really cushioned ride eh? so eight k's on there is way better than eight k's out on the road and you can sort of control your pace easy enough so it's not too bad just to jump on there and run and i just um listen to music so that was kind of cool and on the tuesday i thought i'd try something different i thought i'd set the treadmill at a constant incline and just keep going and see how that fatigues you so is it like yeah it's a two percent well it doesn't seem like much but that's just constantly running uphill for nine nine k's and um there's no flat you know what i mean so we were talking last weekend on the podcast about having a resistance of a half percent or one percent just to make it feel like you're running on the road but two percent almost feels like you're just running a constant hill into the distance does that make sense yeah so I thought, I thought I'd give that a go. It took a little while to sort of feel it. After about 4Ks, I'm thinking, yeah, now I can feel it. And then by the end of 9Ks, I was glad to get that run, give that run away and press stop. Yeah, that um, 5K yeah. I did on the treadmill on Wednesday just to turn the legs over, I did yeah. that at 0.5% incline. Yeah, and after a while, you sort of start to feel it. Eh? It's sort of just a constant um, does get to you a bit, I think. So, yeah, I tried 2% thinking that wasn't going to be much, but by the end of 9K, that's a lot. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I had you a rest day. To, go down to 0% straight after, see what it felt like. Nah, I just pressed, I pressed four kilometers an hour just to go back to a walk before I pressed pause. So, yeah, it was good though. I, um, and then on Wednesday, I had a rest day. Thursday, I did a 14K loop that I haven't done for a long time because since all the rains back when Nathan's property flooded and the time before every they've been doing roadworks up at Dacovan station and all around there is just terrible it's like all the runoff and silt goes onto the pathways and it, it bloody um it, it goes like silt so as soon as it gets wet it's fine when it's dry it's just like sand but as soon as it gets wet it just turns into slippery sort of like a thin layer the same as I did a ski special when I didn't run with Nathan it looks like nothing on the pathway but it's just that thin layer of like silt and after that little bit of rain we had earlier in the week it was still wet so um i took it easy there but i got a heap of prs there without even trying i don't know how long ago it was that i run that loop but it's basically from my house up around onto the narangbar road and then back down to the red dog if anyone knows it's sort of yeah. just along narangbar road and then I thought, I'm going to have a crack at this segment that I used to be fifth on, and I bumped myself down to third, but I'm only 13 seconds behind the leader now. So I did it at 3.44 for the kilometre after about 11 k's of running. So good effort. Wicked. Um, and then had a rest day Friday, just got home late from work and went to see Nathan the day before his run just to do a few last-minute things just to make sure his watch was set up and just go through a few things to make sure he knew what he was doing. If he had to reset the map or stop the map or stop his heart rate just to save battery. And I think in the end, it actually worked out quite good because he sort of, um, I think we got to about six or seven Ks to go. He had 13% left on his battery on his watch. So we sort of swung into action. He went through the motions of going into the settings and he turned off his heart rate, which I'm assuming having that little optical light in the back would save some power i think and over about four or five k's i think it only used about four percent 
And at the end, you had 5%, Nathan, when you pressed save, it got mm-hmm. down to three, I think, oh. when it was still saving. I don't I, um, understand how, you know, at 42 hours, yeah. GPS recording, but then it went so quick, but maybe because I was flicking through it. Yeah, so the, the light, one. every time the light comes light on. Comes on. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think the light just chews a bit of power as well as the, ma- you know, your... Um, your map running has a little signal going, you yeah. know, turn left here, turn right there. So you got the GPS plus mapping going at the same time. So without that, it last yeah. 42. So on Saturday, started out, I planned a 21.1k run with Nathan around about 6, 6 p.m., given his um, sort of detailed outline. My really good yeah, prediction. What's his itinerary? Is it? Is it an itinerary? Yeah. Itinerary. Yeah. So actually, I was only half an hour off. Come, come. If you took the two hours two. off, yeah, yeah. If you took it two hours off, he, he made a wrong turn. It was about two two hours out. But other than that, um, he did a couple of stacks, which was slowing down. I reckon at the end, but pretty yeah. good going. So I went home from work, went straight to park run. I thought I'll do a park run. I was going to pace a mate, but him, he sort of bombed out. So I end up getting twenty forty five for my run, something like that. Um, did a warm up and warm down, a K warm up, one lap cool down, went home. I hadn't had brekkie and sort of stuffed around, and then I thought I'd have a sleep. And I think I woke up. I didn't get much sleep. It was probably roughly an hour, and um, I headed headed over to Steve Woolley's uh, to head in over to Fraser's, and we we carpooled in. Thanks, Woolley. Nathan, um, you don't know any of this because you were running, but like I just messaged Steve and said, "Mate, what time do you want to head in?" And he was like asleep when he sort of read it and panicked and thought that it was time to go. So I just jumped up. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and I, then, I, yeah, come over and yeah. freaked out. There's no way I was going back to sleep. Me bloody adrenaline was rushing thinking I'd slept in or something. So yeah, I was like, oh shit, there's no way I'd go back to sleep now. So I think it was roughly an hour and a quarter, maybe something like that. But oh, we headed no over and no um, sleep, man. That's just from after we left Fraser's, I probably hadn't looked at the GPS tracking. For a little bit, um, Nathan was almost 67, so we thought, oh, cool. We, we worked out off Woolies Pace Star, Strava Pace Pace Pro plan that um, running roughly about eight thirty eight eight minutes thirty a kilometer. Yeah. Steve, was it? We sort of worked out yeah. that he'd done. Um, he'd be roughly an hour and a half or something. So we thought we got plenty of time. We sort of sat at Fraser's for a bit. They had coffee and or tea, sorry. And, um, and then we headed out and while we were driving there, I thought, I'll just check where he is again. And I really, the, the app really sometimes took a little bit of time for the GPS tracking to load. There was one stage there. You didn't update Nathan for 21 minutes during this. So we had no idea what you're doing, but yeah, when it finally updated, we this realized is the, oh, really, this is the event app you're talking about now. I eh? like the, yeah, is the tracking Nathan's GPS tracker that he had yeah. on him. So um, we could track where he was on the course and sort of see his progression. So as we sort of going through a Nogra, uh, heading out to a Nogra there, um, the gap, I think was it, we were at the gap at a servo. Yeah. I said, pull yeah. over and he pulled into the servo and I thought, Oh, we're going to give him a ring. He's gone the wrong way. <laughs> and at that stage, I sort of roughly worked out off the mapping on Garmin that you'd gone about four and a half to five Ks the wrong way. So it pulled you up quickly enough, but um, what's done is done. You still got to track back the other way and still, so yeah, in the end, Nathan was 11. I reckon we worked out about 11.2 Ks the wrong way um, yeah. at the end of the night. 
So then, yeah, I discussed with the marshal there at the checkpoint five whether I could run the rest of the race with him from there instead of just going from checkpoint six, which is only 21K. There was another 14 and a bit K from checkpoint five. And he said, yes, it's fine. I didn't have the mandatory gear for that distance because there's a requirement that you need to have in your backpack at all times. But he said he was happy to vouch for me. We saw him later with six Ks to go. And he said, oh, I remember you sort of thing. So that's pretty cool. Um, he said if there was any issues that he would vouch for me at the end to say that the, um, he gave me the go-ahead to help Nathan out on the night, um, which is kind of cool. Um, but he didn't really want me to go back the other way because that would be extending the distance again further. Um, but, yeah, I, on my own, I thought I, Nathan's pretty close now, about a K out. I think me and Fraser, and Fraser's phone seemed to update a lot quicker than everyone else's. I don't know yeah. why. But on it Fraser's... Telstra, I think. Yeah, yeah there Telstra. you go. So, so yours is probably the best. Telstra's, as they say, on yeah. The, yeah. When I did when I did that Kokoda thing years ago, uh, one of the people in our group had to have a Telstra phone because Telstra was the only network that would, you know, yeah. you get a signal in the uh, middle of a forest yeah. and stuff. So yeah, so yeah. Fraser's tracking was updating a little bit quicker than mine, and even Matilda's and Steve's, and then um, Nathan. Nathan was probably roughly about the K mark and I said, oh, I'm just going to go. So I went back out through the, um, the exit for the checkpoint and found him at about seven or 800 meters and then running back in. Um, and after his massage and a bit of food and a, and a proper puke, he, um, we hit, we head out and off we went. And then the rest of my night was a, a roughly 35 Ks of helping him get to the finish line, which is kind of cool. It was good, good feeling in the end when we got yeah. it done. So I finished up on 70-something Ks for the week and it was only four days of running. I'm sure Nathan outdone me, but I'm not too worried about that. Well, yeah, 70, 76K, there you go. So, yeah. And off Good to effort. the mountain gate in How did you go, mate? Well, I had my biggest week ever in my <laughs> life. Whole 47 years on the planet. point. 127.59 kilometers. Boom. So it is. Just two runs, mate. Just two. And only only ran twice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I don't want to get I don't want to overextend myself. Yeah. So I did that 5K on Wednesday just to tick legs over. Yeah. Thursday yeah. I did 20K on the bike. And now we, we were talking. I wonder if that's what set off my IT band on my left leg. Have you been that, feeling all right all week up until the event though? Yeah. I've yeah. been fine. So nothing off the bike that next couple of days or nothing? No, nah, legs were good. Had a massage Friday. Um, mm. I'd had a massage the Friday before. Yeah. But at home, I was, because I had been getting a bit of IT strain on my right leg, I'd been concentrating on that and basically neglected my left as well. And I think maybe because I was running so good on my right leg, the left leg could have could have had some problems. But anyway, what a... What a um, what a race that was, and what an experience! It's like um, it, cold Massive. conditions. We're expecting cold conditions. I was getting a bit stressed towards the throughout the week. I'd like, and when I get stressed, I get very like um, analytical, anal. I call it anal. You know, like you're going, oh, they're saying we need this, and oh, the manager gear, and oh my god, my backpack weighs two point five kilos. 
before I put water in it. Oh, it was about three kilos before I put water in it. I think it's going to four kilos um, on race day. And um, now I'm trying to get, I was procrastinating a lot, trying to get all my nutrition ready, get all my clothes ready, all the food ready, go in the boot. And then we went Wednesday and picked up um, the uh, race kits yeah, and, num- and numbers and all that. Got the management gear checked off. And then, um, yeah, I got a really good night's sleep Thursday to Friday, but Friday to Saturday, not the best night's sleep. It's always the same, you know, like race every, night. Every night there, you were going to bed earlier too, so don't try and adjust that early start too. Yeah, you? a little bit, yeah. And I was getting a good a good sleep as well. Um, anyway, 3 o'clock rolled around Saturday morning, the alarm goes off, jump up, get um, get clothes on, get warm. Uh, have a coffee and then uh, the coffee is the laxative for me so that was good had a uh, full evacuation and, yeah um is the technical term for it and um yeah um cooked up some pasta that I was going to have at lunchtime um like at nearly the halfway mark checkpoint two just we took off a flask of hot water for the pot noodle in case you know there wouldn't be any just got to prepare and everything else and got in and left freezing cold but i was rugged up nicely and then um when we got there we went the wrong way along urala street and couldn't find where the hell couldn't see the the um red bull arch right for the start and we was like where is it where's i had to actually phone in a panic i found nick woolett and i'm nick i do apologize i found him but at 4.30 in the morning, knowing he was running the 60, I thought, oh, I'd be up by now. And he didn't answer because he, he's run it he, before he knows where it is. So I phoned the event hotlines. Luckily, someone answered. I'm like, oh, where on your Alice Street is it? We can't find the entrance to the park. And so you got to go back up to number 80, and then we found it. So we right. came in. Um, my advice is if you use a port and it's dark, make sure you take a light with you. You won't piss all over your tracksuit trousers then. Um, <laughs> little hint. And um, weighed in. I was 72 and a half kilos. I thought, oh, that's all right. And when I got home and weighed myself, I'd only actually lost two kilos over the the event of the of the over that the day. That's um, crazy. Even, even with the big puke at 77k. Um and um anyway, so feeling good and confident, we kicked off. That rock garden that we came back at at 77k didn't seem anything like that. I, I remember I just we just sailed through it. Yeah, it's so I, I had a look at you. You definitely went through there. I had a look afterwards, man. You definitely yeah. went through there, and you couldn't remember, mate. We were just running no problem at all. So whether we took a little different trail, a bit not like up down on that, but I don't remember having any real problems like walking like we had to 77k. We were yeah. just flying through it. I didn't even know comment to think, oh, this is a bit dangerous. Um, flew through that. And then um, a lot of people were going off really fast. And I thought, I'll just let them go. Yeah. Um, don't go too bad. Let people come by me. And um, about an hour in, you could turn the head torch off. I thought, I'll save the battery. I'll just turn it off. And I can navigate pretty good. Oh, it's dark. It was just an all sort of eye travel. Nothing to do a Steve special on. Um, and yeah, I was ended up. Uh, chatting with some people, and they were they were never run around there before. And they were, there was a couple of people were like asking, "Oh, what's the best? Um, what's the best uh, 
should I change my shoes at one at the night he came up, put some road shoes on and and um I just want to give a shout out if I can go I did see a guy here. wearing just normal Brooks running shoes. Yeah, well actually I bumped into a lass going up township break and that is just um you don't want to have to run up that it it or go down it. It we well we bobsled well, we abseiled down it, should I say, with a rope going backwards. Um uh Paul Brenton is from Townsville. He's up on the RF base there. And uh, I spent a lot of the race. We were playing cat and mouse and walking and talking together and and enjoying admiring the wildlife and different birds um, that we were seeing and hearing. And um, so I want to give a shout out to him. Also um, give a shout out to Tony uh, Brunton. So they've literally got the same name except for the, the E and the U are the other way, a different way around. So we've got Paul Brenton and Tony Brunton. They're not related. But Tony is um, originally from South Africa and was up from South Australia. And he also went wrong, 12K wrong, but he he beat me um, by a good half hour or so. And he was he was flying. So we had a good chat as well. And we'd both run out of water because we'd gone wrong coming up to 77K. And I did ask him for some water. He said, I'm gone as well. So um, we were both in the same predicament. But, yeah, you get to chat to some really nice people out there jay lee as well she's a student at uq uh we were playing cat and mouse a bit and then i caught her back up just as i was flying and got she, lost was she so the one wearing the running uh the road running shoes as well no she had um trail shoes on okay yeah i'm pretty sure yeah there's another yeah. lady you told me was running but the last going up she was in white <laughs> white asics i don't know if they were kayanos but when we were going up township break i said oh How's the road shoes going? She goes, I just cannot find a good pair of trail shoes that agree with me. And this is a lot of big predicament that I've had and a lot of other people have. And I always said, if you can get, if ASICs would make the gel Kayano and just put a trail sole on it, they would make a lot of happy people, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, anyway, yeah, so I, I was kicking along, didn't want to go off too fast, but you look at my splits, was doing pretty good. Got to the 16 kilometer water check point and um matilda my partner was there and cheering us on getting some photos and i'd done a liter of uh fluids by then so i'd done half uh, a, a 500 mil flask of electrolyte and a 500 mil of water which was good i was like i want to keep hydrated but my sugar had gone like super high it had gone so high that actually my meter wasn't reading it so i'd had some i had some insulin and then it, uh, later on, it was still really high. So I had another, um, I think I had another unit and a half or two units. Then it sort of all kicked in and came crashing down. So if you look at the the elevation on the run, it was basically mimics my blood sugars as well throughout the day because it began super high, then low, super high. And we had another water stop at uh, twenty at twenty six k. Had been drinking plenty of fluids then, um, and then got to 40k, which was Jolly's lookout. I managed it, my sugar was getting a bit low, so I got a Lucasade off Matilde with some Iberogast in because my gut was hurting. And um, my advice, people, if you do get gut problems, Iberogast, go and get it from your pharmacy. It's a great product, really does help settle your stomach, and that just got me 
because I was thinking, oh, I'm gonna gotta get to um, gonna get to sort of lunchtime, which would be about half 11, 12 o'clock, um, at the forty five k Mount Nebo School. Gonna want some solid food in me, and um, and I'd have been eating some cookies and stuff, but I thought oh, I really could do with some good solid food, and I didn't feel like it. But by the time I'd had that at forty k, by the time I got to forty five k, I was good to eat. And then you you guys were there. I sat down, feeling pretty fresh. Off, my knee was sore. And um, I'd done two stacks. I'd done two Steve specials coming from the 40 to 45K. And two, they were both in the space of about 500 metres. Just, I think, because my left leg was hurting, I wasn't lifting it so high. And I just clipped it on um, a stone. And um, the second time, I really did smash my big toe, which I do have a problem with, on my left foot. Mm. Just hit the deck. Didn't even have a chance to army roll. Just that was hurting later on that toe, wasn't it? <clears throat> oh, yeah, that's sore. Yeah, when you came into that um, checkpoint at Mount Nebo, that was the first time that me and Fraser had, had caught up with you. Interestingly, they were making everyone weigh in on the day. And, I mean, I'm sure people listening would be interested because I didn't know anything about it, but they weigh in at the first thing in the morning and then they weighed you at each checkpoint, didn't they, to check that you weren't. Yeah, dramatically losing weight or putting weight on, and um, yeah. even though none of the medics could actually give me the exact reasoning, <laughs> we kind of between like three of them, I spoke to them all. If you're losing weight, that's really bad because you're obviously De not you're fueling and stuff, and you're dehydrated. But if you're putting on weight, it means you're overhydrating, and because it was so cold, you're susceptible to hypothermia. So I thought that was interesting that they were checking yeah. everyone's weight as they came through. And mm. um, yeah. one criticism of that was I could have got away with not weighing in because no one was said you've got to definitely weigh in. And I said, oh, "Okay, that's it, thanks." Walked off. Then I went, "Do I to pick up anything else?" He goes, "Oh, I'll weigh in over there." I went, "Okay, I could have just walked off and not get weighed." Anyway, I got weighed in at the school, and I had. Um, I had my backpack on still. So I said, you want me to send my backpack off? And he went, no, that's all right. So I was actually, I'd put weight on. I'd put three kilos Damn. on because I had my backpack on. Yeah. But I would have been okay because I think I would have been fine even if I took the backpack off. Well, given your weight so, this morning, it should have been fine, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I mean, when I finished that little bit of soup and I haven't hadn't eaten anything till I weighed myself then as I got in the shower and I was 70.5. So yeah. I'd lost two kilos over it. So I was really surprised at that. So just, just to elaborate on that um, weigh-in, Nath, uh, you were saying you jumped on with your backpack, you are still heavy enough, you know, um, possibly only lost a kilo given your backpack weight at that yep. stage, and that's 45 kilo, uh, 45K into the run. Remember at the end there, we spoke to the marshals after we had finished and had a sit down and said, what happens to everyone else on the course? Because it was 3.30 something AM, 3.32 or something. Yeah. AM we finished and we... They had till 12, they had till 12 lunchtime. Yeah, and there was a lot off. of people still out, lots of people. I remember Some I got them. home and I looked at the tracker and I went, oh, my God, look at the people out on that mountain. There was there was even some 100 milers all the way out on Mount Glorious still coming back yeah. through, and there was a lot of people. Like I was home, it's half six o'clock, and there's a lot of even the 110ers um, out on uh, like Mount Kutha, um you know and that and i was like oh, oh that's, yeah. a, that's a that's a horrible place to be at night especially if you're on your own it's dark you're at night and you gotta hope you're going eh? in the right direction and you're gonna um, that long. 
Haven't yeah, any of these was... haven't any of these people watched the Blair Witch Project? <laughs> oh. It was and cold. The, it was cold. I don't know what happened so. to like Steve Sparling had been out there last weekend and said there was markers like every like 50 meters, but I can tell They're you that gone. there was meant to be markers every 500 meters, and there was a lot missing. I went for kilometers before I saw a marker again. And they said, oh, if you don't see one 500 meters, turn around. But I knew I was on the right track until I then got lost because there was a marker completely missing. And Steve Sparling tells me that they sent someone back out because a few, I don't know how some people made it, I think probably because their watch, but there was a, there was apparently a lot of people talking about they got lost, you know, and um, experienced runners got lost yeah. or complaining there wasn't, unfortunately, <laughs> markers that probably have been put up. Maybe people have taken them down or, you know, we, we, we sort of, Mm. quite so not having a i'm not having a pop at anyone or um discrediting what they've done because anyone who finished was awesome but for them to be still out in the course you'd have to say they would just been walking eh? like the bulk yeah, of it 45 k's in like oh yeah what time was that three so we're talking roughly what's that Tw fucking 10 hours is it 5 30 to 5 my no, average for the whole distance even hours. though even though i was i uh, did 10k extra i averaged like 5.5 kilometers an hour yeah, yeah but and you think oh that's slow for even for walking but it's because of the, the hills like i was yeah. surprised i was looking at those hills and i was walking up and so slow going this is really slowing my time down because um it was just so steep and going down them was just as hard he was going just as slow going down them because you were skidding falling over and yeah, it was so going um, back to that weigh-in thing. At the end, they were discussing. So, how does what happens with there's a cutoff of midday today on Sunday for everyone to finish? Mm. And we sort of said, how do they gauge that? So, the weigh-in thing, I think there's a weigh-in at the start, weigh-in at 45k. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they'll gauge your weight loss there as to how you look later on. And there was a 2 a.m. cutoff. Where was that at? Was that 2 p.m. Uh, checkpoint 2 p.m. cutoff at Mount Nebo. Checkpoint two. Oh, checkpoint five. Yeah. It was checkpoint five at the 77 oh, okay. K at 2 AM. And if you hadn't made that, or if you had made it, they still um, look to see if you're going to make midday for the next one, which is 35 Ks, yeah. 35 Ks is the finish from checkpoint five. And they were going to make depending on how you looked. There. And if you, yeah, depending on how thought. you looked. and then the last at the end was saying that if you were, I said, well, what happens if it's 1205 and they got a kilometer to go? They would say, well, they would see how you're going. If you're wobbling all over the street and falling over and that, they just pull you. But if you yeah. look like, yep, I'm walking, I'm going to get there, they just give you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, she you. said, if you were going, yeah, yeah, coming across the finish line and still sort of the way you look and everything. But, um, you know, if you get up the kangaroo point steps and you're keeling over or look like you're going to vomit, they just would have pulled a pin on you. Wow. <laughs> Made all that way, 111 Ks, and they yeah. bomb you out 200 meters to go. Yeah. But um, that's pretty well, crazy, yeah. Is that, so there was a 30K, a 60K, 100K. No, no, there was a 10, 20, and a 30. Then a 60. What time did they start? Because they must have oh, started like way late 10, in the 11, afternoon. 10 o'clock or something in the morning. I, I, know, I know a girl, Danny, that she did the 30K. She finished in the dark. She only took three hours, 20 minutes. Um, oh, really? She finished in the dark. So they must have started at like. I don't understand that. I like, I, I, I'm not being rude, but if you can do a 30k, why can't you start them at 
10 o'clock in the morning and if you've got a 20k start at 11 and if you've got a 10k start at 12 like i i don't really see the issue there mm. and when they called the the 30 as well the btu 30 kilometer ultra i thought well it's not an ultra if it's 30 kilometers um but there was a lack of marshals out on the course uh, especially at big junctions i actually went wrong at a water station because there was no arrow to say keep going this way and i just saw an arrow and i got confused thinking oh, I'm, I'm going to checkpoint five or checkpoint two and there was a timing mat and i thought oh well maybe i've got to go over that and um, and I went over it and I went, oh, this isn't right. And then as I was coming back over it, the winner of the of the the 110 was at 60K. And I said to him, oh, mate, uh, how far in are you? And he goes, 60K. I said, what are you doing? He said, the 110. I said, he said, what are you doing? I said, the 110. And he said, have you been to checkpoint two yet? And I went, no. Nah. And he goes, well, you don't want to go this way. That's checkpoint five. I was like, oh, don't worry, mate. Good on you. I'm definitely going the wrong way. He looked fresh as a daisy. He was fine. Yeah. He did it in 13 hours. Fair play. He, oh, he did. Yeah. He finished at like 4.30 or something in the afternoon. Yeah. So you got to, yeah, I think that um, yeah, you got to be realistic. Sometimes I think the, these events have too many races on and there probably is a lot more people interested in doing 10, 20, 30, 60, 50 K rather than there is 110, 100 and, 60 especially with the elevation that we had to go go up as well if you're like noosa fair play there's probably a lot of people want to do the 100 at noosa and the 50 at noosa because it's not that hilly and it's a it's a lot more enjoyable for you to run like noosa 50 was an enjoyable run i have to say um that that hill was a killer but i mean you got to stick a you got a bit, bit of a challenge into it but i think sometimes people look at it and go how can we make this the hardest toughest race in australia and you go well what, what are you trying to achieve from that the rock garden needed to be taken out that was at the start and at 77k that you had to go over twice you had to go through it to get to the checkpoint then you yeah. had to come back through it when you've done like well how many hours have i been running by then all oh, day 12 hours yeah. my feet were sore my legs were sore it was very easy look at me me poles out very easy to slip now you slip on one of them you break a, and land you could break a yeah, leg, if you fell you would have hurt yourself but but it didn't, it didn't these stop. don't need to be yeah. in it like, let's be honest like you don't what you know i know we like a challenge but yeah. th there's you don't, you don't need to, you don't want to hurt yourself so like i mean there, there, i think we all have recommendations for things and that's probably some feedback that they hopefully will get people yeah i, I agree like i had fresh legs and i, I could have went a little bit faster than what i did but the whole point was to run together but that was some ridiculous there was no, there was trails on that mount kutha side that weren't runnable there's no way not in the dark not in dangerous. the dark and, and would have been Very really, really tough at daytime I, I sent nathan a photo where i run down the hill and i was waiting for him because uh with his knee issue and obviously really fatigued quads he was having a little bit of trouble going downhill so he had to really sort of watch himself so he didn't trip again you know and um, I took a photo looking back and you can see all the loose boulders. They're not embedded in the ground, stuck in the ground, sitting in the ground. You know what I mean? They're loose. So if you step on them, and they're, and they're, like this, they're like this big, like a, like a softball almost. And it's like someone had come along with a wheelbarrow full of rocks and thrown them down these paths. Pretty I know much. they're there for people to go walking on in the daytime. 
yeah. when you're doing a running race, you get that adrenaline rush. You think, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's so easy. And if you fall out there, you hit one of those trees, headbutt one of those trees on the side of the the um, path as well that line the path. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty dangerous. So, oh well, that's it. That's the way it is. But you could probably find some more uh, enjoyable trails. We do it because we love it, not because we want to kill ourselves. And um, you know, like township break probably. When you're like 50, 60k in, that that was that was coming up to the 50k mark and doing that part. That was a really nice part of the trail to run. I really enjoyed that. That was from through some more open forest. But when you get to that sort of township break, it's like this is not enjoyable. I'm having to have to abseil down it on that. I think, you hit, it, I think you hit it right there. It's not fun anymore. It's it's become dangerous more so, especially with 100k's in your legs, mate. And then you got a lot of people out on that mountain at night and a lot of people getting lost. There was, there was keepers looking for me, but managed, I managed to get back on track. So. Well, like when you, we were tracking you from, we were at um, the 77 K checkpoint and people were coming through. Like we had a pretty good little area set up. We had all your gear set up and we were under a heater and stuff like that. And there was other runners coming in underneath our tent. And like we were, just thinking you'd gone, it was getting dark. It was freezing cold and you'd gone 12K off course. And we were like, well, first of all, me and Fraser went and got a McDonald's and some beers. <laughs> and then, because <laughs> we knew we had time up our sleeve. And then we come back and like, I've known you since I was like eight years old. And that's the first time I've ever seen you look actually vulnerable. And, and I was worried when you well, sat down. 77K. Yeah, when you, I didn't yeah. want to say anything to you because I didn't want you to like panic, but you looked so ill. And then when you got up to leave and we were taking the group photos and that, you you were shivering. And I was thinking, this is the first time I've ever seen you. Even in all the kickboxing days, we've been in, in each other's corner, in the back of dressing mm. rooms, after wins, after losses and all that. It's the only time I've ever seen you look very vulnerable and and I was concerned. I was worried. I was thinking, "Fuck, should yeah. we tell him to pull out?" Yeah. But because you had Let's Steve you- with you, like, because Steve yeah. wasn't going to run that far with you. But we were saying, "Nah, Shit, I Steve, couldn't have made it without can, him." Do you reckon you I can run out and, and meet him somewhere? Weren't we, Steve? Oh, like- well, I had it in the back of my mind. I knew there was a pacer earlier for the sixty k. So there was a, on the program reading through the rules and stuff. The pace, the sixty k pacer could have a longer runner. So I'm assuming from our checkpoint to the finish that checkpoint five, so roughly that same 35K. Yeah. And I knew that they, they had a pace longer than what Nathan had programmed me in from, for the last 21. So I thought, and then when you guys said it, I just went, bugger it, I'm just going to go ask the, the marshals. And well, they, they were happy the, for me to join in. Yeah. So The rules were um, that if you didn't want to uh, contend for a place in your age group, I don't know if that was for the for the hundred oh, the hundred milers were allowed someone from checkpoint four but yeah, i think for, right. for the one tennis they said if you don't want to contend one of the positions uh, in your age group then you can have a you can have a um a pacer from earlier i don't know if it was checkpoint four or checkpoint five so so let's um so before we we add that in uh, let's go back to um i'd got a second wind and that was because my blood sugar was coming down and I was feeling really good. And I was, I'd taken some paracetamol and I was running through the, I was just like David Goggins. I'm going to put this pain in my knee to the back of my 
as a bend line. Thing. And um, and a lot of it was flat. And then you know, you know, we knew self boundary. I know self boundary roads. We run it. And I used to mountain bike it. So I knew when to walk up the hills. And I was flying. I was catching people up. And I'd caught loads of people up on doing township break. And I was catching other people up going. And one guy said, um, "Oh mate, you're going really well." Pat me on the back. Um, and that, and we were just talking about paces. And he said, "Oh mate, if I've he didn't have a pace." And um, actually, there was a few people who said, "I didn't know you could have a pacer." I just found out in the last email we got in the week. And so I've got my, that's Paul said, Paul Brenton had his son joined him. And, um, and then Tony didn't have a pacer, but he said, I said, well, if you were around, just jump on with us. Um, but um, um, I was flying. And as I was coming down that South boundary road to do the hairpin, right. There was no sign. I actually put my, cause Jaylee and the guy she was with weren't far behind me, 30 meters or 40 meters. I put my arms up and said, Oh, which way do we go? Like, and I just thought my watch didn't shout at me to say we're on the wrong course, probably because I, I don't know, I don't quite know if I wasn't listening to it or, and so I just kept going down, but I went down where I should have actually turned right, but there were no signs there. There was no bunting, there was no big arrow, and it's a big intersection um and a big way to get lost if you miss and i was just flying down the hill it was like five and a half minute k's i got to the river crossing went over the creek went all the way up the hairpin bends up to the, which was mcafee's look at 16k mark and then i said so um, when we I called said, you well yeah. just yeah just before that i'd messaged matilda and said oh you need to tell the organizer someone's been through here and pulled off all the um all the tags like someone's done that on purpose. You don't know where they're going. And um, Matilde said, yep, you're doing well. Cause the tracker was 21 minutes behind and refreshing. It thought I was still up the hill. So mm. it's, it, she said, yeah, you're going the right way. And I messaged said, Look, I just need to know if I'm definitely going the right way. Spartans then phones me and says, Nath, you're definitely going the wrong way. You need to turn around. I said, I can't, I've got to way down the hill and all the way back up that hill. And he's mm. like, you're going the wrong way. And I said, but my watch, my watch had then thought I was back onto the old track and, oh yeah, he's going the right way. I was like, and I panicked. I really got in a bit of a panic then. And I was like, cause it's starting to get dark a bit. And I, yeah. I well, well, absolutely. Was dark. Cause we yeah, were in the I, car, everyone checking their phones, trying to figure out if like, you definitely were going the wrong way. And, and I was trying to the... figure it out on my phone, look at the map, look at my phone, look at the, we had three phones walk. going and said, he's definitely going the wrong way. Yeah. Yep. So I sprinted down that hill and I was going, oh, no, no. And I went, then I had to go back up there. And as I was halfway up the hill, um, the tracker was a bit late again and, and it didn't know. And I was like, no, 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 you turn around. You got, you've missed it. You've got to go left. But I, it was just all. Then I looked at my watch and went, hang on, I know where I should have gone. And it was pointing in the right direction. So I just kept going up the hill and then finally went left and it was back on course proper. Yeah. And you guys were like, and it was dark by then. So I'd already put my torch on and I have to say, yeah, I might've looked vulnerable because I was in a panic. I was like, I was going, I went back up, then went down, then went back up again. And that's why I did the extra 10 K. And I was like panicking going, I'm going to be stuck on this mountain. How is someone going to find me? And I was like, Oh, I'm going to have to drop out because I'm just not going to get back in time. And then I was really worried because I said, to, you know, now I said earlier, I was like, oh, I'm really sorry, guys. I'm behind schedule. I'm, you know, like I felt, I, you know, like I know I'm eating into your personal time and everything. And I was a bit, 
felt a bit guilty that I was um, taking so long. And um, yeah, all this was going through my mind. I was like, oh, you know, this. And then my sugar started getting low. And I was like, fuck. And I was, didn't feel like eating too much. And then I'd run out of water eventually with about five, six Ks to go. And I thought, oh, these people are overtaking me. I said, well, anyway, I, I, I sort of said to myself, I'm just going to get it done and finish it, even if I have to walk in. And you know, I finished at five, six, seven, eight o'clock in the morning. I'm going to do it. Then I thought, oh, I messaged and my phone was about to die as well. That was going really low. And then and I thought if I put it on power saving mode, um, I won't be able to get Jeep. I won't be able to get messages from you guys. So I was like, oh, I've got to leave it on. So I was just, I was confused, um, disorientated. And then I, and I was like, so I said, oh, ask Spartan if he can join me for an extra 13K and go from checkpoint five at 77K. And, and then he was back straight away. I'm on we, it. We already it had him done. all loaded up with all of his oh, high vis yeah. vests and everything ready to go. And then I was like, finally, finally. And then I ran with Tony and we just uh, went back. I caught Paul up again. And I said, oh, I don't know. I went, oh, I've gone wrong. He goes, shit. I said, you obviously didn't. And he goes, no, I made that right turn. I was like, fuck. Um, and I caught, then I went past him, caught Tony up and uh, we ran in together and we were having a good chat. And then we come back in and then. And I, I sat down and like my knee was hurting and um, Matt, the podiatrist from Daybreak yeah. came over and said, would you like a massage? I was like, hey, like, I was a bit, I was still a bit disorientated. I was like, yeah. oh yeah, whatever. What's the problem? Then he was looking at, I said, it's my IT band and I, you know, I've hit it, crashed twice and yada, yada. And um, in the end, he took my sock off, was massaging my leg and taped my foot up to help it. Um, and I reckon that's probably what got sort of finished getting me getting me through um and i sat there was feeling really queasy didn't really want to eat and i started shivering i was getting really cold fraser's standing in front of the heater keeping himself nice and warm i'm like deflecting all the heat i'm like mate do you want to get out of the way of the heater (laughs) and there's one other thing there's one other thing there these guys probably don't know about um they got you to the finish nathan i'm going to tell everyone here so we we've gone through bard prior to bard and we had to go up (laughs) It was a ridiculous loop where we had to go up this huge hill and then it was the last part of the trail. We come out of the trails. Nate's headlamp went flat. So we put the old battery that went flat on with the old torch that used less power. Um, and he turned it on. He's like, yes, I've got power, but it's not going to last till the end. We still had like 12 Ks to go. So I said, just turn it off. We'll just run off mine. So I put mine on wide beam and tried to sort of stick to the side of him so the light was in front of him and put him in front of me. And he's, That was on Kutha. So he was carrying happened. his phone light, which we charged prior to leaving uh we put the we put that in your back or in your back yeah no we or, took it with, with it plugged in in my front yeah, pocket and charged it, it got up to 80 percent or something so he's using his torch light on full and then we started going down he needs to use his um his his uh sticks again so i said i'll hold the torch so i got my arm out here with one torch and looking this way like that around him for probably about six k he's trying to let him see what's happening. So that so was I a slow that that trip over. We just didn't want to trip. And there's a there's a photo there on uh, I sent Nathan, and there's just yeah. boulders everywhere. One wrong step, he could have rolled his ankle or whatever. But yeah, we got through it and we got out onto the road. And the guy didn't say anything because I said to Nathan, "You're just going to have to right. keep your headlamp to the very end because you need to have a working headlamp at the end, right? So we have to wait till we get to Kangaroo Point. And when you come up, I got right to the top of the stairs before I turn, turn it, it on. on. Yeah, 350 meters to run. Uh, when we're running, off coming across the line when we're running along 
facing away from us. So turn your torch off and he turned it off. And then when I said, turn the corner, turn it back on. But anyway, going back, we're going back six Ks here before we got onto the river run. Sorry, can and I just up, jump in? When, yeah. when we saw you at Mount Cutha, you went into the checkpoint and then you went back into the bush. How far oh. from there was it until you hit road? Oh, about 10K. Probably 11 yeah, K or 12 K. Oh, yeah. Shit, so mild. We still oh. had 11 K to go. Once yeah. we, we were trying to work out the K's and I was going, Oh, is it hundred? Oh, I'm about 12. I've only got 10 K to go. No, where's the road. And we finally came out on to, um, well, we went 77 K. So Steve's joined me and, um, Oh, well, we're, I'm sitting there and I'm feeling really queasy. I'm like, Oh, I'll try a bit of pot noodle and a bit of pot noodle. And I'm like, and I'd said, I said to the podiatrist, I think I'm going to be sick. He goes, you chunder, you go that way or that way. <laughs> and I was straight in front on him. And I remember I just went, oh, this is happening. I stood up, walked away from you guys and just, and that was a, that everything come up from like hours ago, water, um, drink, and everything that got like liquefied came up after about three chunders. And do you know what? I felt so much better after that. Um, I think I sipped a bit of water. I, don't, I couldn't really take any solids. But I was ready to go, right, you know, they'll put me two XU leggings on. That really saved me. I put an, I put my waterproof jacket on um, underneath, then put my vest over them, backpack over the top, then the high-vis vest on. And um, I was like, let's get this done, you know. Yeah. And we, we cracked on, didn't we, um, Steve? And, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have, I would have got lost again because we didn't go long before we went back up onto South Boundary Road and no arrows, no markers. Yeah. And the map was sending us off a little trail. The actual dead proper map on, on three watches was sending us off the little trail, which ran identical to South Boundary Road and then joined it again. Yeah. But again, no arrow to say, yeah, go now left or anything like that. So whether people had taken it off or it had just been poorly marked, I'm not, not sure. But we, we were just said, let's follow the watch. Yeah. The road, the, to be, yeah, you know, the road run part, we, we come out of the forest and there was like probably 200 meters that we could see a flashing light and some people doing something. And the guy that I asked, the actual guy that I asked to run with Nathan for the last two sections for checkpoint five, checkpoint six, he was there. I went, oh, I remember you. And he goes, oh, okay. He said, only a little bit of trail to go. And we went up this street, <laughs> the frigging hill climb on the road, on the side of the road, and then around a the corner, back into a trail. But it only went for about 600 metres. And then we come out at, yeah. um, and we sort of trekked down through Barden. Um, back we didn't to need the... to do that, though. We could have just stayed on the road. Yeah, I think so. To the shits and giggles of like four or 500 metres, we could have just stayed on the road because it still would have made it 110 kilometres. And then and then the zigzag to get down to the waterfront was just like, mm. like this. And we went under an underpass and an overpass and then down along. Anyway, we get to a checkpoint, right? And I went, oh, this looks cool. And they were all really happy to see us and friendly. And um, Nath goes, oh, this looks all right. I said, you want to get some food in here? And they said, are you hungry? Yeah. And Nath goes, I actually am. He goes, what do you got? And they go, um, soup. And miso they gave soup. it to him. And he goes, What is it? He goes, Miso soup. <laughs> he took, he took I, one sip. And he goes, Oh, that's really good. And she goes, Oh, yeah, everyone's saying that. And then he sort of had a bit of a chat and he went, He's looking at me going, Oh, we've got to go. We've got to go. And then he goes, So I said, What's that? And he goes, um, Oh, anyway, before that, he goes, Oh, so any of the um, 100 miles come through? And they go, Yeah, that, those people, because we were there and two people run when past. Third place came through. And then he said, um, he goes, oh, he goes, what are they? And he goes, oh, they're the, he goes, only two more before them. So they were the third place people. And he goes, oh, where's Ryan Crawford come? Has he already gone through? And they go, no, he's 6K behind you. Oh, and Nathan's yeah. eyes just went, 
we're ahead of we're ahead of Ryan Crawford, the cameraman. And you see him, he just goes, Let's go, Spartan. And he's just up like he stands up <laughs> and he's like, gave the miso soup back. He goes, Thank you very much. We're off. And he goes, Let's go. And he's like, Fucking come on, we've got six Ks to go. And and then if you look on Nathan's thing, there's sort of there was a bit of a dip in the pace because of the hills and stuff. And then the last bit's just like boom, we were pumping out like I think we were running for about two or three hundred meters, walk about fifty, run again for two or three hundred meters, walk fifty. And the whole way it the just seemed line, like the the kilometers were going backwards. And I said a lot oh, of the yeah. run, it seemed like the kilometers were going backwards, not forwards, you know. Yeah. Oh. And and Nathan's last five K is probably the quickest for probably probably fifty Ks, I reckon. I. And he made yeah. it to the steps. He goes, this is it. And we went up the steps and he come out. We took our high-vis vests off so we get a nice photo. Yeah. Well. And then, um, yeah, so he was pumped. With six Ks to go. So he knew he was ahead of Ryan Crawford. And we're, we're discussing on the way. Even though he'd be? done 40 K more than me, yeah. um, I still thought, oh, you know, it's still a bit of a... And we're sort of wondering it, at the pace we're going, the pace he's going, I wonder whether he's going to meet up as catch us. And then we'll we said, oh, if you hang him. around at the end long enough, you might be able to get a photo. And he goes, oh, that'd be all right. We actually yeah. were on the way home in the car when he finished. So we weren't yeah. that cold. We were, we were back finished, at but... Castledon or something. And he just yeah. finished. So, yeah. yeah. What did the anyway. stairs feel like after all that? Like to finish on those kangaroo point stairs? Not too bad. I had to grab both handrails to get my legs up there. But I didn't actually feel too bad, you know. There was a lot of them. I was like, oh. I've had and then we had to walk up the stairs, actually in like the amphitheater area, the stairs. And there's one guy there who's like, who drunk but asleep with his phone in his hand. And I went, "Oh mate, God, you look, you look stuffed. Did you do the 110?" I said, "Oh no, you must have done the miler, didn't you?" <laughs> but he was, uh, he, he was asleep, just ignoring him, poor he's guy. Like, yeah, he's gone. Yeah, he looked like he was still trying to use his phone, but he was asleep with his phone Blind. in his hand, looking yeah. at it. Yeah. But when I got to the 90k checkpoint it was a, it was a shame because you guys couldn't really sit with us you weren't allowed to come in there and sit in the heaters and that and uh, everyone was getting tired then and um, we were just like really wanted to get it done and you go oh we've only got a half marathon to go but it was a hilly half marathon and i was like oh maybe three hours at the most and it's a horrible thing to think oh no another three hours and i was like i said to spartan leading up to that about 5k 6k out i said i really could do it i could do a cheeseburger but Actually, I wouldn't mind an apple, and I'm gonna have an apple and some coke. So St- Steve's like, I'm gonna find you an apple and an apple. And then anyway, they got us an apple, and I don't usually, I don't eat the the rind on it. So I said, Oh mate, have you got a knife? I can just take the the skin off. So he gives me this massive kitchen knife. And he goes, That's a knife. I went, Oh yeah, okay. Anyway, I peeled this apple like because I do them all the time. I peel it, and. Um, he said, oh, I see you doing that before. I said, I'll do it nearly every day, but I just you did it really quick without cutting myself open. Had the apple with some Coke, and I'll tell you, that just felt great. But I just got it in my mind. I was like, I could really do an apple. Yeah. Like it was not a banana. I wanted an apple, and it sat okay in my stomach. And uh, I was just sipping on the water, sipping on, took extra water with us, sipping on the water. That was good, and, though, because I kept asking you, you need something to eat, and you said, I don't think I can stomach anything, but you said an apple would be You good didn't want me to drop, did you? You didn't want crunchy. my energy to drop as well. And you said, maybe just suck a little bit on a gel. Oh, shit. A few, few times, I, I don't know what to look for with your diabetes, like bottom and out or whatever, but a few times I was running behind you there. I seen you stumbling, and you're sort of like, hang on, this, I see you're right, Nate, and you didn't answer me, but you're just leaning over, like having a drink. I'm leaning over drinking my water bottle. It looks like he's going off the side <laughs> of the track, but he's just having a drink. You go. Do, you, do you reckon you didn't eat enough solid food? No, I don't reckon you did. Oh, uh, I reckon you I, did. Well, when I saw you at checkpoint 77K. 
No, well, the first one at 45, you had half a pot mm. noodle. Oh, did I? I thought I ate a fair bit of it. No, you had half. Um, and then you didn't, you said you cooked pasta up, did you, in the morning, but you didn't eat yeah, any didn't of that. Yeah, it tasted awful. Nah. To be honest, Fraser, I seen him have a couple more pot noodles, but he had like this much from the top, you know, like yeah, maybe a centimeter, and then he couldn't. Seven, but he didn't eat any of that hardly. Two mouths. No, I didn't eat as much food as I usually do when we're out trail running. Hey, I'm usually always yeah, scoffing no. food. And I, and I asked you whether it's nerves half a dozen or times between there and the finish. Do you want something to eat? You haven't eaten anything, and I'll still well, eat Mars um, bars and stuff. It's, if you don't, if you don't start eating solid food from early on. You won't eat any later on. Yeah. But I did eat a fair bit of food like in the run up to it. I'd eat all my jammy dodger biscuits. I had four of those. I'd been eating jelly babies and it's all um, sugar though, isn't it? It's all yeah, like it's all it's just rubbish. Not, not like you want. I know a lot of people have more like apples. You know, um have hard boiled potatoes. Yeah, you know, yeah hard boiled potatoes. And I reckon hard even a hard boiled egg with salt yeah. on it. I love them. That would probably be the go. It's good carbs and it's, um, you know, and it's uh, good food. Yeah. Steve, do you reckon that you learned anything or you got any kind of tips that you change your sort of prep for the guzzler from this weekend? Um, no. I get lost. A couple, couple of weekends off. So two Saturdays I'm running. But um, I think uh, the biggest thing I got out of this is if anything does go wrong, I know you just got to – just commit and just keep going. You know what I mean? Even if it's not race pace, it long, I'm, I'm going to finish. And if it's the same, it's only half, not even half the distance of what Nathan run, but just get there at the end. I reckon I'll still make it easily. And, you know, just jogging and, and walking the hills and stuff like that. That's, that's my plan. I'm going to be running flats and the downhills and then any of the hills are going to be power walking. I can go up the hills quite easily. I don't know why, but probably just my legs are fitter and stronger, but um, I'll, I'm just going to go as hard as I can for as long as I can. And if at the end I'm, I'm walking the hills and walking a bit more than what I should be, I'll still get to the end, I think. But I definitely over the last month running a couple of decent runs with Nathan and then the 30K last week and then this weekend, I've, I've been trying to include a lot of solid food. So muesli bars, um, I'm not sure what that other one is, like a coconut bar or something. It's kind of chewy coconut. Nath gave them to me a while back because he yeah. didn't like the coconut, but they're kind of those ones. But yeah, but they're kind of chewy and they're easy to sort of wash down. They're quite, I guess. They're, quite they're quite they're moist. I think and that's I what I love about to, those other round biscuits. They're quite moist. They're easy. I was to talking eat. to Steve about how you eat bickies while you're running. I don't know how you eat biscuits with the crumbs and you suck that down and you start choking on it. But you some somehow or other you can. No, nah, those. I have to say that the round cookies that I get are really moist, but those jammy dodgers are actually quite soft. They're yeah. not like really. They're quite easy, but I always just suck a bit of water down but with I, them as well. Yeah, I tell I you what, I did have because my sugar was low. I had one of those. You know, Steve, I bought that Mortine bar. The Morton bar is like black. Morton. It's, it's Morton. 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 <laughs> Sorry to all the bugs in my mouth. Kills um, the COVID. Morton, mate, that thing is like black, like tar with white stuff. I don't know if it was coconut. I, I was saying to myself, no, it's sugar, sugar bits because I'd hate coconut. So I told myself, and I was just taking a little nip at a time, chewing it, getting it down, bit nip. And it took me probably about 20 minutes to eat that whole bar. But I knew that was packed with like about 50 grams of carbohydrate. Yeah. And I thought that'll just, that'll, that'll help um, yeah. as well. And um, yeah, I think, I think if you do an event like that, 
for me as a diabetic yeah i think mix up a bit of the solid food like you say maybe i should take apple um and uh, even if you slice it in the morning beforehand um bananas are always good but sometimes i just don't feel like them yeah. um i can't do bananas and, while i'm running you just keep burping banana yeah the whole well, time. you were farting a lot, mate, in front of me and bloody coming through Kuta. Jeez. Oh, I had to catch up. I think you were, I think you were winning about 100 to 20. I think I caught, caught you finally last night. <laughs> and then we got think... to Kuta. We got to the stairs. We got to the stairs. We got up the stairs. We did that lap of the oval. And then uh, we had, they had to wake the photographers up who were sitting at the finish line in their sleeping bags. So I was like, oh, I got another one to take their photo. And that, yeah. and I've Thank you to everyone who was there at the finish line, still manning that. And they're going to go, would have gone through the night for all the other runners as well. So, and they would have had the 10, 20, 30, and the 60 Kers all come through there as well. And I don't know what happened in Milton with all the people crossing the road and running the road, but there would have been a fair few hundred people in those races coming across that same area and running through town as well. So the result in the end out overall, so there was meant to be 98 runners, um, but there was only 48 starters, 47 finishers, one DNF. And he actually DNF while you were there. We were there at Mount yeah, Nebo. He DNF'd yeah. at Mount Nebo because his marker was still there. So obviously that something, something went wrong for him. I hope you're okay. Um, so overall, I came 36th out of 47 finishers and did an extra 10K on everyone else. So I was, um, well, not everyone else. It was um, Tony still beat me, and he had uh, 12K extra on everyone else. Um, so we sort of worked out two hours. So you roughly run two, two hours. hours extra. I would have put me, if I, I would have put me about 26th. If you took two hours off, would have took yeah. me about 26. So in the men, I was 29th out of 38. And in my age group in the men, I was 13th. Nice. So, for a 47-year-old type 1 diabetic, I wasn't too, um, you know, I, I was happy. Mate, with, it was, uh, you did it awesome. You, you, I'm so stoked you finished, but don't do another one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back to 50s. I'm yeah, going back 50s, my UTMB max. dreams have now been dashed. I'm going back to half half, half, tra half marathons trails. I need to do a road marathon. Yeah, yet. yeah. Yeah. I got to train for that. Maybe that might be. Oh, at least you can say you've done one. Like at least you can. Yeah. Oh, I've done over hundred k, one hundred twenty-two k in one hit. Yeah. yeah. Like, Never again. Know, he said last yeah. night about half a dozen or more times. Never again. And he goes, "This yeah. is the last one. The first one. The last one." And he goes, "Everything else will be fifty k or shorter." Nick, well, it said when the pain wears off, you'll 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 reconsider it. And I was like, "Oh, I don't know. That might last me for a while." Speaking of results. I'll quickly whiz through the results. Um, the hundred mile was run was won by Vlad Shatroff in twenty hours twenty one minutes. Second place was Drew Beswick. Third place was Dwayne Grant. Uh, and that winning, was close, wasn't it? Well, the what first two were close. It was How twenty close hours twenty one minutes. Twenty hours forty eight minutes was second place. And then third place was 27 hours. So 27 minutes. Imagine you've been running for 20 hours and you get, he, he caught him as well. Cause he can't, he was, must was flying something. I don't know what, he, what he got a rocket up his backside, but yeah, fair play to him. They must've been sort of to and fro and, you know, surely over that maybe. distance to be that over close. Checkpoints, maybe a checkpoint. It was a bit longer. Yeah. And... Yep. Took five minutes too long. Maybe, you know, got stuck yep. on the loo. And the first place female in the hundred mile was, Marie Connor, second place was Geordie McLean, third place was Karen Mickle. So did and, they get uh, a time in the end on those? Oh, I didn't write because the you said down. they didn't. 
for the oh, women's yeah, throw. Because we were worried that there wasn't no one else. So there was, no, there was actually finished. only the time for the first place female. Second and third didn't get a time on the website. I don't know whether that's being mm. updated, but there was no actual times for second. Okay. For only first place, no one else had an official time. Um, the 110, which is what you did, Nath, hey, that yep. was won by Matt Gore in 13 hours, 25 minutes. Second place was Alexi Hastings in 15 hours, 29. Third place was Daniel Cox in uh, 15 hours, 54. Uh, first place female was Jen Millam. Second place was Ursula Adams. And third place was Katrina Baker. Mate, that might not, they might not have finished then the women in the 100 miler because there's oh, no that's time. probably why. That's probably why they didn't have times when I checked it. They're still going. No one's finished. Well, actually, I don't even think they started because they've got no just DNF time. did not start. Sorry, they may have the DNF because if I look, if you actually go to the on the results on the BTU um 110 male and female all, and if you go down and then like so 48th place, no. No, no time, no number. Well, there's not no forty. There's just stops at forty-seven. And the guy who DNF'd was right at the end. Um, we don't need to give out names, but yeah, there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people that, whether they started or not, I don't know, or whether they they did, they may have DNF'd. Maybe they or, pulled them out, you know, at the checkpoints yeah. or something, underweight or overweight or whatever. So we'll keep an eye on that and see um, see what happens. It'd be interesting if they do then put a time up. For those people. Yeah. Or something's gone wrong. Yeah. And then uh, we had the 60K race, which was won by Lane Best. Uh, second place was Marcos Pasquale Martin. Um, third place was Lachlan Jamieson. Uh, in the women's, first place was Jill Fowler. Uh, second place was Carol Robertson. And third place was Ellen Bradley. Um, and then we had the 30K, which was won by Antonio Martinez Perez. Uh, second place was Aiden Hobbs, who's a local elite runner. He yep. did like a 220 at the Gold Coast. So I'd say he was just having a training run there. Um, third place was Brody Nankovis. Uh, and in the women's, it was won by Sarah Alonso Martinez. And that's what I was telling you about last week. I wonder week, if she's related to the winner week. of the mail. No, no, but the... Um... That's the Spanish lass who won the um, who won the um, Mont Blanc Marathon just uh, oh a couple of weeks ago that we were talking oh, really? about. And I, you know, you know, I said two people stacked and the English guy stacked and that. So she's got yeah. out here pretty quick and um, run that as as well and won the uh, won the women's. Do you reckon there, she was the Aussie representative? No, she's she's a Spanish. Oh, okay. Well, then she's flown so, to uh, Australia. Shit. And she flew to Australia and then won that as well. So, yeah, they get prize it. money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, second place was Simone Brick, and third place was Patricia McGinnon. Uh, and then the Red Bull. Oh, did we see who uh, won the Red Bull um, challenge, the Red Bull climb, which we were expecting was going to be an absolute killer of a climb, but it wasn't too bad. But on the yeah on the actual elevation plot it was, but obviously it didn't affect us too much. It just wasn't as Aiden Hobbs. Aiden Hobbs had that fastest time. Yeah. For that, and then Antonio Martinez Perez got the second fastest time for that section was seven minutes eighteen to yeah. run along that. Mate, Aiden Hobbs is a guy that can run like 
can just run across the board. Like he can run a sub two minute 800 and then he can run like a hundred K, <laughs> you know, he can just do it all just a yeah, really good. He's yeah. I think he's might be a master's athlete as well, but he's still just one of the top guys around mm. travels all over the country, racing in all of the like elite races and stuff. Mate, he's the guy that I seen on his Instagram because he's a podiatrist. He put a spike uh, plate on a pair of next percent. Oh, did he? So he's probably the guy you should go and talk to about putting a trail um, sole on your ASICs. Yeah, yeah. Although your new shoes, North Face ones, are pretty good. Go, go all right, Nathan. Yeah, mate. And I was, um, I think that, and then when I got them soaking wet and my feet were freezing cold, and I changed out to another same pair of shoes. I mean, I don't know what would happen if I put the speed goats on. The speed goats have got some nice cushioning to them, but I suppose I just got used to running those. And um, yeah, I was happy to um, to go again. Hey, I saw yeah. on um, Instagram that there was another trail race on the Mountain Goat Trail Series. Had another race on this weekend too. I did they? Where was that I one? Why they do that? Like, why would you go up against another event in the same city? On the same weekend, like strange, eh? Yeah, but they uh, that um that mountain goat. They've had their race on the same weekend as the Bridge to Brisbane before. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, people just do different. Looking back to what Stan said at the seminar, like Stan said, there's a trail race on like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's not wrong. Yeah, there's a race on every week. Yeah. Oh, if you go onto the Queensland Running Calendar dot com there is a number of races on. You could find yourself, you know, in Queensland, a, a number of races to to do. Yeah. And, that, and then there's um, the weekend after the Guzzler, you've got the Flinders Tour. They've got a, I think there's like a 21, a 10, a 21, and a 52 um, out at Beerbrum as well. So yeah. tempting. It's tempting. Like it's tempting to run them, but then I can't be dealing with like getting lost and no markings and like yeah, I and heard the guzzler is really good. Like the signposting is really good and there's marshals everywhere, but like it's worrying when you enter and then think you're having a blinder and then figure out that you've run like miles off course. Yeah. Especially on a trail race. That's probably why there are so many trail races. Cause obviously if you're doing a road race, you've got to get the road shut and everything else. There's cost involved with that permits, police you got to pay for. But if you're doing a trail race, you just get a permit. And then if you don't cross a road, you're like, yeah, fine. You just got to go make sure that someone goes out and marks it. And it depends how often that, where they mark it. And then someone might walk through and go, who's left this mark? Who's left this pink tag yeah. on? Someone walking you need- his dog. Because I'm, yeah, sick yeah. of these guys well, putting all this stuff over the trees. Well, in that 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 ten k trial race I did, the um, the mark some people took markers down the day before the race. So that's a, or even yeah. the day or a couple of days before that to go round again and put new markers up. Why? Why are they doing this? They just say it's disappointing to see that markers have been taken down. Yeah, and they're not, not even dumped, but just taken, and they're obviously. People have gone around there walking and gone, oh, this marker on a tree. Right. People do it just because you know what? Humans, is not as queer as folk. They say, you know, it's a rough, uh, they're just weird. Humans, we're just weird. You know, like going to do that. It's either spiteful or they go, oh, I do it because I can. You know, like. Yeah. Well, people... like ep- second episode we did, I did that 10K Sri Chinmoy fun run. And someone yeah. thought it was funny to take the U-turn sign off the last witch's hat. Yeah. 
That's or right. turn the arrow the other way around. We, you we, go, hang on, which way they took it going? off the witch's hat and laid it face down on the ground, so you just run straight over it because it was only Definitely. like you know six hundred by six hundred piece of laminated paper. And then when you're running back through and you see a group of like people having a barbecue on the piss, and you know that they thought it was hilarious, yeah. <laughs> but it's not hilarious when you're out there like cooking yourself, running yeah. your guts out. I'm pretty excited for next weekend anyway with a jetty to jetty's on. Wax has been training pretty hard. Man, mate, he'll have a yeah. he'll run really well. I reckon he might shock himself. Yeah, see how he goes. I I'll think he'll get a bit of motivation. He's seen you run well and I'll be, I'm uh, I'm gonna use his decent bike, Nathan. I've requested the good one. <laughs> the, the the good one. So I'll have the gels and the drinks for with, him and should be good. Not the one with the dodgy yeah. seat. Nah, I said, mate, don't give me that dodgy one. Give me the decent one. Yeah. Yes. Was like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I'll be... Uh, I'll probably come down for that. Have a, have yeah, a I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be out there when somewhere. When is it? Saturday or Sunday? Sunday. Sunday. What time mate, it's a big show? event. It's a really big event. It'll be really good buzz down there. I think they kick off at 6 a.m. So yeah, pretty sure they start oh, off and in head into this. Yeah, I think so, yeah, because they're running along the road with the street lights. So I might be wrong. It could be six thirty, but I'm pretty sure it's six a.m. But no, um, I think it, I think oh, how right, how Steve, nice is that this morning? Getting to Baden and the street lights on. I went, oh, I could see everything. Mm. My eyes were just like, oh, just they this. My eyes was all like relaxed, yeah, because everything was just lit. And I don't have street lamp lights around here, so everything's pitch black. But you just go, oh, this is heaven. You know, all these yep. lights everywhere and you could see all the potholes and you could see if you need nice trip to over. Uh, it was nice to get home in the warm and have a cup of tea. <laughs> yeah. I had a cup of tea. I was stuffed. I had a shower and I stunk. I did absolutely stink. And I just got into the kitchen or I took everything off except my leggings. I took everything off and left it on the floor. I went, oh, that's going in the washing machine tomorrow and then just jumped in the hot shower. And I was like, oh, I could have stayed there yeah. forever. Mate, when we got to that checkpoint at uh, Mount Cutha and Sparling messaged me and said, please find those in Gingy socks. They're in a bucket or something. And you said we're, we're about an hour hand. away or something. And I was like, shit, I looked next door because me and Fraser were in my car and then um, Matilde was like asleep in yours. And I looked <laughs> through the window and she looked like she was just having the best sleep. And I was like, oh, shit, I'll just... I'm going to have to like wake her up at some point. So we just left it for like 40 minutes or something and then knocked on the window and we were like ripping the car apart. We're like, they're not in here. They're definitely not in here. Uh, no, nah, someone took them back out the car and put them in the bedroom. My nah, other in, I probably should have put the other in Gingy socks on because those just socks weren't agreeing with me. Even, and we had to stop twice, didn't we, Steve, and lather up with some like, What's it called? Oh, well, I wasn't lathering no one, mate. You did all your own lathering. <laughs> we're, there, we're there in the woods together. Just to be clear. <laughs> Just to be clear. That's a lot. Put the glide on my feet again. Not a couple yeah. of times. It seemed to work that last one. You just put a real thick layer on it and it got you through. So. And we come across a bit of wildlife, didn't we? There was the um, potteroo yeah. running around next to us. And then we were actually, there was an albino um, possum. possum at the bottom of kangaroo. Uh, Point cliffs. Yeah. I'm colorblind. Oh, it looked like a white red color. Yeah, he stunk as bad as me. Um, yeah. <laughs> he, he did off stink. Oh, yeah. But yeah. albino one in the city, crazy. I'm pretty wow. sure that's between my farting and your stink and that possum. That's pretty much why no one passes, nice. Yeah, 
yeah you get worried don't you though when you're out there and no one's come past you and you haven't gone past them for hours and you're thinking oh my god where is everyone am i on the right path because yeah, usually in a weird, trail right? race yeah. 23 kilometer 21 kilometer trail race there's loads of people around you know um but when you go to the longer distances you don't see anyone for ages you get a bit concerned but anyway next week jetty to jetty wax yep. is the uh the main man for that one if you um want to scroll back a few episodes we had the race director on talking about that and um yeah i'll be there on the bike get some uh some footage some audio recordings be good to see what elites race at because there's i mean it's getting faster and faster every year the first year i did it i think it was one in like 68 69 minutes and i thought oh you know maybe one time i might be able to get on the podium there because sort of sub 120 you might have got your third place but over the last couple of years, they were like running it in like 64 minutes now. Like you're not getting on the podium unless you're running like 66 mm. minutes. It's basically an elite field up front. So if you're in the area, it's in Redcliffe, it's um, Wax's territory. Um, get down there and check it out. Because like, like I always say, it's the peninsula's answer to the Gold Coast Marathon. Yeah. Big event. You you run it's last year, half Steve, though, hey? it? It's just a half just marathon. A- Oh, no, well, there's more events, but there's not a full. So I think there is a three, five, ten, and the half, and they're all hotly contested. You know, the 5K will be won by some local gun. 10K is the same. Like um, BZ said on on his episode that Monangetti won the 10K one year. All right, boys, let's um, knock it on the head. We'll um, see you next week at the Jetty to Jetty. Yeah. Yeah. Have a good week. Check us later. Laters.
tricks on us sometimes We find that our minds, they climb higher And they should climb up our imagination Contemplation, hesitating On exploitation my mind We should find in time our minds They will shine with the longest shine You can put the time on minds Don't be these purple elephants A twisted intelligence Extension on tolerance Dimension on flowers in my mind Stop, rewind Now what the fuck did you find? Ain't nothing in here but why Supplemental I can't breathe I can't breathe Close your eyes Leave all your troubles behind Yes, it's fine Come kick it with me in my imagination In my imagination Close your eyes Leave all your troubles behind Yes, it's fine Come kick it with me in my imagination I'm contemplating, hesitating on exploitation. My mind, 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 mind.